0: you you oh you're all that we're after so i just want to talk to you about covenant today okay i want to talk to you about god cuts covenant cuz god really does cut covenant and i just there was something that that um as we were praying on Tuesday, really just began to uh, bring some things up inside of me, and as we were talking, you know, the the Hamels, how many enjoyed the Hamels last week, that was awesome, and uh, they've become uh, really good friends, Um, but I, I just feel like the Lord is connecting us more and more to them, and this whole thing of divorcing Baal, this whole thing of divorcing Babylon, this whole thing will be set Absolutely, the church free first because you must be divorced from Babylon, from the world system. And God is calling you into a renewed covenant with himself. Amen? And so as we divorce the, the spirit of this age, as we, as we step away from those things that are, that are trying to pull us out of the kingdom realm and into darkness, literally, making you so you cannot see... But the there's, there's a, the spirit of this age is trying to drag us away from our kingdom purpose, amen. And and so Babylon, which is the world order, it's the world order. It's all it's all in government. It's in everything. This is not this is not this is not conspiracy theory. It's just the way it is. Okay. The Holy Spirit is wanting the church to rise up in new, fresh covenant, walking with the Lord, being the light, and Isaiah 60 being the the light that that all the nations are coming to. Amen? It speaks of Jesus, but now Christ is in you, and there's a covenant that's been laid uh, over your life, and that's the blood of Christ. Do you know that? Like, there is no... No greater thing that we could have in this age. It's the blood of Jesus. It's the end of the story. It's the, it's the reality that we're unraveling everything at the end of the age. And we will win and we will walk as an overcoming army. Amen. And so God wants to release deliverance over the entire, uh, the nations. And, and it will happen one day when the return of the Lord Jesus Christ comes. But until then, his kingdom is ever increasing. Amen. And so we want to walk in this. So I just want to touch seven covenants quick and pray for me in my time and pray for you in your capacity to receive, okay? Because I feel like the Lord has a lot. But we just start with the Eden, the covenant that happened in Eden. And what was that? That was this first thing that was spoken. Be fruitful, multiply. God gave them dominion over the whole earth, over all of Eden. Dominion. So dominion is really the first... And last covenant. Because Christ gives us that dominion again. But I'm telling you, there, there has to be an understanding that you know Adam Adam was given this authority over the earth. And the only thing was, obey me. Obedience will bring great authority in your life. And um, and they were called they were called to be fruitful and multiply. So by the end of tonight, we're going to break off barrenness, and we're going to break, you're going to step into this fruitfulness and the, and the multiplication of God on your life. Because I, I truly believe that that we're living in a day that we do, I believe that God is, is multiplying what he's doing on the earth. He wants to multiply so many things in your life, your giftings. All all the promises that he's released over your life. Like some of you are sitting here and and nine months ago you didn't think you'd be sitting here. No, seriously. You didn't know where things were going. And and honestly, I I feel like the Spirit of God is wanting to, to just bring us into this place where we embrace multiplication. In the book of Acts, we see that multiplication comes upon the church in a powerful way that people are saved, healed, and delivered. It's just a, a multiplicity of what God does in the earth when an army rises up that's under covenant. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so the, we renew this thing because we divorced Baal last week. Yeah. <laughs> we divorced them again on Tuesday just to make sure, you know? But but there's a divorce that's taken place, and the church is going to rise up in power and in strength and in the perfect love of God in this hour. So we have that's the Eden covenant. Then we have the Noah uh, co- the covenant with Noah, and we know that. And this this has been obviously <laughs> warped in our day. Now the rainbow, how I many know the rainbow is, is is a sign of covenant. It's God's promise that he will never destroy the earth in that way again, that he won't flood the earth, and that, that his, he will never destroy, and the rainbow is a sign of the promise that's recorded in Genesis 9-11, okay? The, the reality is that things has been twisted in our era, it's a sign for gay pride, and so we break that now, because that's the spirit of the age, that's the spirit of Babylon moving again. And so we stand here together and we're going we're gonna to go through these things. And, and I really feel like there's, there's much, much, much for us to, to just bear into and, and kind of sit in from what I'm going to release to you today. So just write these things down, scriptures, go back to them, meditate on them, because I'm going to focus mainly on the Abrahamic covenant and then what's happened today for us through the, through the blood of Jesus Christ. Because really, at, that's the beginning and the end. And, and you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing that Abraham has already obtained for you. And it's by faith that we receive it. And there's power in a ring of promise. Right? And so there's a promise that God's going to give to you and release to you over your life today that I believe is going to strengthen you, equip you, encourage you, and bring you into divine alignment with what His purpose is in this kingdom hour. Amen? And so we have, the next thing is, number three, it's the Abrahamic covenant, and we see that that it was instituted between God and Adam, recorded in, actually it's 12 through 15, really. So you have like three chapters packed with covenant, 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 because Abraham was a friend of God, and I can't get into all that. If we could just do one whole thing on Abrahamic covenant, that's probably a class, and I, I can't preach that, that's... that's a, but not right now. So, but Abraham was given that covenant that he would become a great nation and he would exceedingly multiply and the inheritance of the earth was his, in his seed. That's amazing. That's amazing. And so we live under that that covenant as well, right? All these we live under but the new covenant is the greatest because it, it's all-inclusive of everything. Amen? Amen? And then we have the Mosaic Covenant, right? And we know that, that they were given promise to take Israel, a holy nation, and, and to follow the, the law was given them to them. And then starting with the Ten Commandments and culminating in the law outlined in, in Leviticus and in Deuteronomy. Come on, books that you just love to study. I do. I like them. I love Deuteronomy and I love Leviticus. So there's a sacrifice of the blood of oxes and bulls, right? That the altar, which brought covenant on the altar, right? So it was a picture. It was a picture. So everything, I'll read. Everything that's been given to us is a picture of Jesus Christ. And as you go through through the blood covenant, all through all through Scripture, right? It gives us a picture of what Jesus Christ did for us and what, he's, what he continually does. One man did it, one time for all. Powerful reality that we need to live from and live in. Amen? And then we have a priestly covenant, and that's the, the Levites for the high priests. God ordained them and made a covenant with Aaron and his descendants that they would be priests and they would go before the altar. That's Numbers 18. And then, of course, we have another big one. So I I just, the big ones are, for me, Abrahamic, Moses, and then David. The Davidic covenant, and out of Psalm 132, this kept resonating to me all week, and I just couldn't, I couldn't get a beat on what the Lord was saying, but we will get back to that at some point. I know that the Lord is speaking, but that is the promise of David through the lineage of, Uh, the promise of the 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 messiah through the lineage of david okay so this is really we see david david comes into this covenant with the lord and the lord he asks the lord and if if you go to second samuel 7 just don't go there now just write it down and look at it later but there's a covenant that's released for him and, it, and, and he is faithful in his whole house. He had all peace around him. He, had, he was ruling and reigning. Say to me, You have to rule and reign. Everyone in this room is called to reign and rule your, your, your sphere of influence. And you're called to reign in life especially. And so David went into this place with a promise. God promised to establish the, his eternal kingdom through David's line. Amen? And then then as Christians, we believe that this fulfills the covenant as David's descendants who will establish this eternal kingdom in us. Amen? But here's the deal. So he had peace all around. He had established his kingdom in Israel. And then the the Bible says that God said to him through the prophet Nathan, "I I will bring you into the place where you establish my line forever. You will, do, you will establish the kingdom of God on the earth through your son, Solomon, and bring back worship in Solomon's temple. Amen? Because David couldn't build the temple. It was Solomon that built it. But he designed a whole new, come on, David's, David's place of worship in the tabernacle was a little, a little different. And God says he's bringing that back in the last days. That means that there's the presence of God and we all worship around the presence. But even greater the reality is that the presence of God is inside of you that was sung today, and that we have this, we have this altar inside of us that the Lord lives in and he abides in, and we don't and he establishes his kingdom inside your life so that you move and reign like priests and kings. Amen. And so then we have the new covenant, of course, and, and we and Christians believe that Jesus instituted this and we believe that that the Lord himself instituted this through his blood being spilled for us. That's how I became saved. (laughs) That's how I entered the kingdom. It's by the blood of Jesus. That's how I have access to his throne. And there's nothing that gets in the way. I don't have to, it's not through blue, through the blood of bulls and goats, but it's through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Right? And so, and even Jesus said this, he said, as you eat this cup, And drink my flesh, it symbolizes his body being broken, which he did physically. And so we do that in remembrance that the kingdom would come and abide inside of us through the covenant with the Lord. Amen. And so God gave his instructions. And I'm just going to touch on this. Genesis chapter 15, and you can go there. (laughs) Because I, I do believe that the Lord wants to open up some understanding for us. God has given you precious promises in your life. God has spoken covenantal promises in your life. When I was, I had an encounter with the Lord in 2018, this is before all, really, we, before we had Charlie, before we had David, before we had any of these guys come through, the Lord just began to overwhelm me with his presence, speaking to me about this, this mantle of, of uh, George Whitfield that was being released in this hour and it wasn't just then i always had you know i do my revival awakening histories and i know that the lord is wanting to just release if they had it back then it's somewhere in the atmosphere now and so i believe that god has given a, a promise to us that we will will carry that that burning torch into the into the region and into the nation okay i think we want to be in in alignment with what the lord is saying and so I had this encounter in my room and God showed up and I was praying, literally kneeling at the bed and and I was praying about this whole thing with, with Whitfield and God, what does that look like and what does this, the spirit of awakening look like on the earth and, and God just began to show up and, he, and I could see light like behind my eyelids, you know what I mean, like I could see the, some reflection happening. And I opened my eyes and there was a burning torch in my window, literally a burning torch. It wasn't just a little light, little flicker, this little light of mine thing. It was a burning like globe of God's presence and he spoke to me. He said, I'm releasing the torch of awakening. It's not for you, but it's for you to release to a generation. It is for me, but it's to give away. And so we want to live under that. That's a promise for me. Now, everyone in this room, I believe God wants to release covenantal promise. That's a covenant, I believe. I was with the Lord. He spoke to me. He showed up in living color. It wasn't a vision. It was boom, light in the middle of the room, at the window, at the window where I didn't really realize or understand that when George Whitfield had passed away, it was through a, a candle burning out. And he went to his bedroom and he passed away. And so I say these things to say that God wants to, he wants to come and invade your life. He wants to show up and become a consuming fire in your life. And he's done that with some of you. So we're waiting on promises. Amen? Amen. Some of us are just waiting on promises, and God will bring us into the promise. It's just patience and perseverance will get you there. And so I'm just going to read from the beginning of 15, and then I'll jump down. But it said, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, and I am your exceeding great reward. But Abraham said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? See barrenness. And, there, and the heir of my house is Eleazar of Damascus. And Abraham said, look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, one shall not be your heir, but one will come from your own body and shall be your heir. And then he brought him outside and said, look, remember this. Before this, he's, so before this, he has communion with Melchizedek. And what happens is he, he shows him previously in chapter 12. He says, here, look, look. See all the sand? There's daylight then. See all the sand? That's as many as your descendants will be. So how many can look on a beach and the Lord promise you that's as many as your descendants will be? That's as many things that you're inheriting. I have this inheritance for you. It's a whole, a whole land, a whole world that you can't even see, but it's inside of you. And so here's the deal. God wants us to understand that God is trying to form an entire vision that he's putting inside of you. He wants to bring birth to it so that it comes out and releases a greater glory in the earth. Amen. And so, so this is the question. It's okay to ask God questions. Amen. Look at me. Converse with the Lord. It's okay to talk. It's okay if you get like, you, you got lots of questions. God likes questions. But you got to be quiet and listen to the answers. Right? That's the problem. Most of us, we got lots of questions and we don't shut our mouth to listen. Like our prayer points continue to come. Like a machine gun. What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? What's this? What's that? And the Lord says, Be still and know that I am God. Right? So it says this verse seven, it says, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur, Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land and inherit it. And then he said, Lord, how shall I know that I will inherit it? Good question. And here's what happens. He said, bring me. I don't know what your Bible says, but mine says, bring me. And he goes through the heifer and the female goat and all these turtle doves, young pigeons. And he said he brought these things to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each side of them on the opposite side. Now, here's the thing with the old old covenantal promises that they would make with one another. This is what they would do. They would make covenant and they would cut. Except here's the thing. One, humans always break covenant. Uh, I know we don't like that language, but the fact is we can switch our minds next week on what we think is covenant today. (laughs) Believe me, from pastoring a church for seven years, I know people that, we're with you. We're, We're never leaving. We're here with you for life. I'm going to say, I'm going to cut for the next person because then we can just do this. People think I'm crazy. Now I'm on, now I'm on live stream doing that stuff. But you know what I'm saying. Do you understand? This goes on and on and on throughout, not just this church, other churches. We're here, we, we're here for you 100%. But people change their minds. How many know God never changes his mind? God is not fickle. God does not shift. God does not change. He's never ch- he doesn't change. And I love this because it says this that the, the, he brought these things and he laid them down and he cut the ones and, and he left the birds. And, and then he says, it says that then the vultures came, it, the things in the air came. To what? Try and take the offering. Now here's the deal. Here's how amazing the Lord is. So Abraham, Abraham, Abram, he's still Abram. He didn't get his name changed yet. But he's shooing away the things that are trying to attack the offering that he brought to the Lord. The instruction. He was given instruction by the Lord. Come and bring these sacrifices to me and let's see what's going to happen and they and he and the bible says that he starts chasing away the vultures And there will be things that try to come against your worship, will try and come against the things that you're trying to actually covenant with, even with the Lord, ready? You're trying to covenant with the Lord on things, and the enemy will come with the birds of prey that try to swoop down and take the promises, the things that you were already instructed to do, and tries to attack those things and make them of no use. Okay? So here, here's, here's what happens. He does this, and it says that Abram drove them away. Awesome. Awesome. Because your worship should drive away every bird of prey. Bring me. This is the offering. This is, you know, this is the Romans 12 thing. Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. But actually, if I could redo that scripture, and I know I'm not adding to, but I, I just want to say it like this We want to be dead men. I offer my body as a living sacrifice, yes, but I need to be dead to my ways and alive to God's ways. And the Holy Spirit wants us to be genuine with the Lord and genuine with ourselves. Listen, when I married my wife, it wasn't like I'm going to be faithful these many days and I'm going to be unfaithful one day. Like who would want to marry me? No, no, I just, you know, 364 days I'll be faithful, but that one day, come on. I, see, we don't take it like that. We don't think like this because the Lord's trying to, to get us to understand something that we, we make covenant with Him. And even when we make covenant with Him, we become a, just a servant to the Lord and to say, let it be unto me. Like Mary did. He did the same thing to to Elizabeth. She was barren. And had to shut Zechariah up before he spoke something contrary to faith. Made him mute. So he couldn't say things contrary. The priest of the household saying things contrary. The priest in the, in the temple saying things contrary. Because I guarantee he had a lot of questions. How can this be? And so the Lord comes into this place with Abram and says, listen, do this. And he, sh- he, he beats away everything that would try and steal the offering. He beats away everything that would try to disrupt this, this thing that's about to happen with God. Because sometimes God will give you these promises... And he's waiting for us to engage with him so that he's about to release so much more on the other side. Amen? And it says this, so that when the sun went down, now let me just say this, because it said that maybe, maybe, maybe the offering was sitting there in the sun for 12, 24, 48 hours. How many are going to wait with an offering for a couple days? They don't know how much time, but they know this, that the vultures didn't just come as soon as he cut those things in half. We have pictures in our mind of how things happen. And so that stuff could have been sitting there. And vultures come when they know stuff is dead. And it says this, that a deep sleep fell upon Abram. He he beat all that stuff away. The sun went down, a deep sleep went on, and behold... Horror and great darkness fell upon him, and then he said to Abram, "Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in the land, and that it's not theirs, and they, excuse me, that it's not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them for four hundred years." Wait a second, God, that doesn't sound like the 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 covenant I want to sign up for. Like I'm going into a place where I'm a foreigner and I'm an alien. And all my descendants are going to be slaves for 400 years. But by faith, Abraham, but by faith, Abraham just said, I'm there. All right, this is what it says, right? And it says, and also the nations whom they serve, I will judge. That means God's got the end from the beginning, and He knows what's happening from one place to the next. So every season of our lives can look differently, but God is the judge of everything that happens over your life. And so He gives you a promise with affliction in the middle of it, and affliction always comes before the promise. Testing always comes before the promise. The Bible says in Psalms, it says that the word of the Lord tested Joseph. (laughs) How many know that Joseph went from prisons to palaces and got locked up? He was all over the place until he finally became ruler over, over Egypt. And so here's the thing. God says this, and he speaks to him, and he says, and they shall come out with great possessions, with great substance. That means they go in. How is that? How do you like that? For yourself. Like you're going and you'll be afflicted. (laughs) God's going to move everything. And it's not going to look anything like you thought it would look. It's going to look contrary to what you thought it would look. If God didn't tell you to begin with. See, all we hear is is usually when you get a prophetic word, it's all the good stuff. Usually when I get the word of the Lord... The mantle of Finney, the mantle of this, the mantle of that. They're coming, but you don't know what you're dealing with in between. A great anointing's coming on your life. Lots of oil. The power of heaven will be with you as soon as you're crushed. No, that should come with the word. Like, that should come with the word. Listen, listen. Jesus wasn't playing with Peter. Peter said the enemy's coming to sift you. He gave him the bad news first. He said, "Then I'm going to be with you." And I'll be with you to get you through it. And then you're going to be with one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. He didn't even say that to him. He just gave him the bad news first and said, "Come on, you know where I went. Where are you going?" So here's the deal. So I see this. Like God wants to release great possession, great substance. What substance? It's not even money. It can be money. But great substance. He wants to put a great anointing. He wants to put the gifts of the Spirit in you. He wants to put this tenacity inside of you. Tenacity and perseverance in your life is a great commodity in the kingdom. Can I say that? Because we think this instant instant. Everything's instant. No, and God's trying to work things in your life so that you walk in integrity, so that you walk with an eye towards purpose, and he'll bring you into that land. I'm telling you, he'll bring you. Then he says this, now as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You'll be buried at a good old age, but the fourth generation, they shall return here. For the iniquities of the Amorites... Is not yet complete. And it came to pass that the sun went down and it was dark, and behold, there appeared a smoking oven and a burning torch that passed between the two pieces. On the same day, the Lord made covenant with Abram, saying, To your descendants, I will give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river Euphrates. I just want you to see this. Jesus said to the scribes and the Pharisees, he said this. He said, you search, you search for me in the scriptures, for you think them is, inside of them is eternal life. But these are they that testify of me. But you're not willing to come to me that you may have life. Why do I say that? Because the scripture, every bit of scripture speaks of Jesus. Every bit of the Abrahamic covenant speaks of Jesus. Every bit of the Edenic covenant speaks of Jesus. Authority, life. And God wants us to live in this place of expectation. Ready? He came in, and this is what the Lord did. He walked down the middle. The Bible says this. It says, on the same day he made covenant with Abram. By what? He appeared as a burning oven and a burning torch between those pieces. Now, usually, what the deal was was, with, was this. If they were having covenant with one another, they became, they walked together through the middle, and that made the covenant. God said this to Abram No, I'm putting you out. I'm putting you in a vision. I'm putting you, laying you out so that what you see. Is me and what you receive is me and how you're gonna get there is me there's no other way he walked in the midst of the burning as a burning torch it was the glory of the Lord that moved in covenant into this place and walked through and it's this is just like the Lord this is just like what the Lord Jesus did it is so Jesus if we see this the scriptures Speak of me. That means when Abraham went through this whole situation with the Lord, it was the Lord Himself. It was Jesus Christ saying, Listen, I'm paving because I'll tell you what was going between the two a pool of blood. It was the blood of covenant that was going down in between the sacrifices, it was the blood of the covenant that brought healing. It was the blood of the covenant that brought the inheritance. It was the blood of the covenant that brought everything that he walked into. So the Holy Spirit's looking for something in someone. This is all he's looking for. Can I be, can I, when the Lord speaks, will I move? When he says, bring me, are you bringing him? When he he says, bring me specifically this, that, and the other thing, what are you bringing him? So he's looking for someone that would just believe that as he walks with them through stuff, that God's there. That he's there in the midst. That he's walking and moving. Our part is to bring the sacrifice. That's all, you, that's all you're required to do. And as a matter of fact, Romans 12 applies now. You are the living sacrifice where Jesus will walk and abide and live in because you're living in that place. Of sacrifice. Really, it's all he's looking for. Really, that's all the Lord is looking for. He's looking for one of us, someone, just someone in the room. If one person in the room would just give him that moment where he would just say, will you do this for me right now? See, this is what happens when you're out doing evangelism, right? The Lord wants to speak. He wants to do something. It can be anything. You can be moving in a gift in the Holy Spirit. You can be out wherever and God says, turn right instead of turn left. And you're like, why? No, I'm serious. Because he wants us to be in this little place of, of swift obedience. Swift listening when he speaks something that I go and I move. If he's, if he's looking, I, I was listening to stories from Dutch Sheets last week. And I was like, what? Like all these instructions from dreams. And they just reenact them. And God shows up, boom. And so we can't, we got to think about all the things that the Lord is speaking in this hour. Ready? Because he wants to do something. Even in the little, we think it's insignificant, but there's big things that he wants to do on the other side of that. Right? So, and we need to protect. Can I say that? Protect what God's doing in the midst. And this is what the Lord was speaking to me about that sacrifice. It's like God is speaking, and he wants us to step in and move things out of the way that are trying to attack what the Lord's trying to do. Can I tell you, we've been through season after season in my life, in this place, but I've been through season after season in my own life where the enemy tries to attack what God's doing, And I'm telling you, everyone in this room, God has been through, you've been through seasons with the Lord where he's trying to speak and and you're hearing it differently a week later. You have to protect the word of the Lord over your life. You have to move every other thought that comes in and that's that take captivity over every single thing that tries to come against you. And this works as a corporate body too, right? Because the enemy wants to sow lies, sow seeds, sow this, sow discord, sow, 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 sow. That's all he does. He doesn't have any new tricks, really. He just tries, right? God brings multiplication. He never brings division. I just feel like the Holy Spirit wants us to multiply, not shrink amen so book of numbers is right on you know that's no, not about numbers no it is god wants to save the whole world and that means your church shouldn't be empty that means the ministry shouldn't be empty it should be ever increasing you know it can't be just us four no more well we can multiply it here and multiply it there yeah but god wants to grow it and so here's the thing protect that which he says so it can grow because we know that the enemy tries to come and steal and he tries to sow tears in the middle of it so he's opened up to you everyone in this room he's opened up to you moments of prophetic promise and i believe he wants to pull you out of any place of barrenness today I do. I believe God wants to pull you out of any place of barrenness. All he had for Abraham, all he had for David, all he had for the beginning, ready Eden, all he had for Adam and Eve was multiplication and increase, fruitfulness. And what came? Murder. What came? Ousted out of Eden. God wants to speak, and I want you to hear his voice. Ready? Job 33 in verse 14 says, For God may speak to you in in one way or in another, yet man does not perceive it in a dream, in a vision, in the night, when deep sleep falls upon men while slumbering in their beds. Then he opens up the ears of men and seals their instruction in order to turn man from his deeds and to conceal pride from man. So we have to stay in this place, this portion. Ready? Humility is my portion. I may get up here and I may be bold and brash sometimes, but humility is my posture all the time. Do you understand? Like the Spirit of God wants us to live in this place of humility so when I live in this place of humility, God can speak and I'll do something. Pride is when you think, oh, what's everyone going to think of me? God wants to use you. That's what God thinks of you. It shouldn't be about anyone else. It should be what God thinks. Ready? The Lord wants to, he, you're a beautiful son and you're a beautiful daughter. And God wants to use you in this way. To, so that you can build others up around you. Don't get stuck in a rut where you're over thinking and overanalyzing and you can't speak because you're frozen with fear because fear is just pride we're very we're subject to what we think about ourselves So there's appointed times and seasons and God wants to speak to you in multiple different ways. So I just declare over you that you'll hear the Lord in a fresh new way daily. That you don't get stuck in a rut where you hear the Lord one way and you're stuck in that way. No, God has multiple. I remember when the Lord showed me a vision during COVID and he showed me that vision of the Lord speaking and diamonds coming out. It was multifaceted ways of speaking. The Lord wants there's so many dimensions of how God speaks. Can we just be honest and say, God, I want every part, every way you speak. I want to know every dimension of how you speak. If you speak to me through a dream, great. If you speak to me through a vision, great. If you speak to me with that still, small voice, I will obey. I will not hold back. I won't, I won't put it aside and wait for something to fall out of heaven on me when you already spoke to me from heaven. And here's the beauty. Ready? Ready? God has already initiated. Here's the beauty of this picture. He initiates the covenant and he initiates the end. So I don't have to look for how it all works out, Miles. All I know is this, is that once we're in the building, watch out. There's been so many delays. It's like, watch out. What are you going to do, God? I best get myself to fasting and praying before the burning oven. I'm telling you. Because I'm just like, wow, what such resistance. It's been 10 months. It'll be 12. That's an overdue baby. That's overdue. And the Lord makes covenant with himself. Ready? The Lord made covenant with himself. Why? So he can see it through. Here's all you have to do is be available. Like God, point me in the right direction, and he'll see it through. Can I say that? He wants to lead us, and so there's this covenant that he does with himself before you, and you don't even, you're not even part of it. You don't, have any, you don't have to do anything to earn it. Oh, it's so powerful. If you can get that. Because with Jesus Christ, that's what brought us into the most holy place. I'll read this at the end. But there is a place that God's bringing you that you don't understand, that he's already done through the cross of Christ. And the resurrection power that flows from him, oh my. So in the context of that, here's the deal. Jeremiah, it's, this is crazy. But in Jeremiah 34, in verse 18 and 19, it says this, And I will give the men who have trans- transgressed my covenant who have not performed the words of the covenant which was made which they made before me when they cut the calf in two and passed between the parts of it sounds familiar the princes of Judah the princes of Jerusalem the eunuchs the priests and all the people of the land who passed between the parts of the calf Here's what God's thing was. He said, in context, you're not living in obedience. What this was all about was living in obedience in the year of Jubilee. When you read it, in the context of chapter 34, it says that they wouldn't listen to what the Lord said about letting the slaves go. Letting those who owe debts go. So he he had a judgment against them. I'm saying this, why? Because God has given you perfect liberty. Walk it out. Don't hold yourself captive. Get free. Walk in freedom. Walk in liberty. Walk in jubilee. Jubilee is ridiculous. Like all your debts go. It wasn't just slavery. It was debts. It was anyone who owed anything. And you don't owe anything. Jesus paid it all. You owe nothing. Thank you, Lord. So go to Hebrews 10 and I will land. I will land. Hebrews 10, verse 12. And really, if you read chapters, if you go back, you read chapter 9 and 10. And it just Hebrews just gives us such a rich understanding of what Jesus did for us. I mean, Paul did an amazing all through the all through the epistles. He did an amazing job of showing us the true truth of Christ. But this puts it all in context of Old Testament and Hebrew uh, uh, tradition. And so, Hebrews 10 and verse 12 said, "But this man, speaking of Jesus." After he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, everyone say forever, Forever. sat down at the right hand of God and from that time waiting till his enemies be made his footstool, for by one offering he has perfected forever, forever, say it again, forever Forever those who are being sanctified. Listen, this is super, this is like the best news you've heard today. It's like God doesn't hold anything against you. doesn't matter what you did yesterday. doesn't matter what you did this morning. And I love this about the Lord. While we're walking, right, he makes me righteous. I walk in righteousness. But then we take on all this shame and condemnation and guilt from all the things that, that we feel like we do wrong. And the Lord is trying to break it off of the church entirely. Not for a license to sin, because if, you if, you, if you're talking to Paul, he'll tell you. This doesn't give us any license to do anything. But it does give you this freedom that I walk in absolute liberty because of what Jesus did once and forever. Yes. I don't have to go again. Because he's he's brought me into this divine life that I live by kingdom purpose and I'm moving forward because nothing hinders me because I'm living without condemnation, guilt, or shame. Verse 15, but the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. (laughs) The the Holy Ghost (laughs) witnesses to us. For after he said before, this covenant I will make with them. After those days, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their hearts, and in their minds I will write them. I like that. Can you just do that right now, Jesus? Can you put it right in my heart fully today? Can you do that for everyone in the room? Can you put it in our hearts fully today? Can you put it in our minds, write it on our minds, and graft it into us because of the blood of Jesus? And it says, then he adds, their sins and lawless lawless deeds I will remember no more. Now where there there is remission for these, there is no longer an offering for sin. Why? Because he did it all. He took care of it once and for all. Verse 19, therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us. (laughs) Stop. There's a new and living way every day for you that the Lord has already consecrated. He's already made a clean path. He's already brought down every mountain. He's already pulled up every valley. He's already done it. So that you can walk in this place of consecration and purity before the Lord into the holy place by His blood. It's through the blood of Christ. You can't earn it. You can't try and work it up. You can't try and muster anything up. It's the Lord himself that brings us into this beautiful spot. That I have access to him in every single way. Through the veil that is his flesh. And having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us, be, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who is promised is faithful. Stop there. Underline that. Exclamation point. He who's promised is faithful. This is what Abraham experienced 4,000 years ago. Maybe five. A long time ago, before Christ even came, he had a revelation of Jesus that he didn't have to do it. Jesus did it. The blood made away. The blood of God made a way. Because as soon as God himself walked over that stream of blood, it was sanctified, purified, and clean. Let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. Look at me, without wavering. This is, where we, this is where we stumble and fall, without wavering. God wants your eyes to be fixed. He wants your head on straight. He wants, the all, he wants everything tightened down. Come on. No loose screws. No marbles falling out. Do you understand? Without wavering. Because you are not called to be a double-minded person. You have the mind of Christ. And you live in in this reality. And God, when he's spoken things over your life, you must believe what he says. You must stand in the promise that he's spoken. Let Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's a good idea. Why don't we take that to heart in this place? Let us stir up one another. Let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves as is a manner of some, but exhorting one another as so much as the day is approaching. So here's the deal. The writer of Hebrews says this. He says there's a day approaching and you need to be ready. And you got to stay in an assembly. <laughs> like church is good for you. You need to find your tribe. Amen? Amen. You found your tribe. If you're in here, you, you hopefully found your tribe, and it doesn't change next week. Right? So the Spirit of God is wanting us to live in this place as the day is approaching. Because why? To stir one another up. What's the point of church if you can't stir the person next to you up? I shouldn't be doing all the stirring. That's what the Bible says right there. Love one another. Consider one another. And stir each other up. <laughs> because if it's all dependent upon me, oh there was one more scripture. Because here's here's what I feel like the Lord was was speaking. God is wanting to give to you today just an infusion. An infusion of strength but knowing that he cuts covenant. Like this truth for us today is powerful if you can grab it. That he cuts the covenant for you and with you. But you don't have to do anything to receive it. You just receive it. You just receive it. Peter put it this way in 1st Peter, 2nd uh, Peter 1 said grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of Jesus. And of our, and of Jesus our Lord, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as his divine power has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness, through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, which, which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that though, that through these you may be partakers of his divine nature." having escaped corruption that is in the world through loss. The Lord himself has made a way that the power of God can touch you and bring you into the promises of heaven, exceedingly great and precious promises for you. Second Peter 1, verse 2. The Spirit of God is wanting us, wanting every one of you, to live in this reality today. I'm going to speak. I'm going to speak to barrenness. Because just in the light of what God is doing in this hour, we cannot afford, you can't afford to live a life That is unfruitful. And God has given a covenant through his son. He gave it through Abraham. He came into this place and he stepped in so that your life would be fruitful with abundance, with increase, that places where you may have felt like you've stopped and got stuck. Healing's in the precious promises. Deliverance is in the middle of a precious promise from God. It's in the very nature of who God is. He will set the captive free. And every one of us, every one of us, has been given an open opportunity today, every day, by the blood that God cut for you. By the covenant that he cut for you. By the blood of Jesus Christ, moving us into a new place. So places where you've been barren, God wants to shift that. Why? Because of a covenant. Because of a covenant. Because it's in the covenant that you walk in the divine nature of God. It's in the covenant that moves you outside of every place that hinders you. And every place that the worldly lusts try to suck us in and keep us not focused on Jesus. Any place where our eyes are not fixed on the Lord, he wants to redirect that. So stand, come on, stand. And I say this because in that covenant in in chapter 15 the question came from Abraham how's this going to be? How's this happen? Like I am my body's dead. He was 99 years old. And so every place where you feel like God, how's that going to happen, that thing? I tell you that God's cut a covenant already. He's going to move you into it. And the Lord's going to release it on your life through faith. You walk in righteousness. You walk in the life of righteousness. You walk in that place. So I just open the, open the altar again to just come and say, Lord, I'm asking, God, as you cut a covenant, a fresh covenant today, Lord, we were divorced from Babylon. I don't walk in the world. I don't walk in a place where the world affects me and influences me. I'm walking in a fresh new place where, God, you begin to open up for me fruitfulness I don't care what you believe in the Lord for. God wants to move you from a place of barrenness to fruitfulness. And so if you felt like you've been in a place, God, I don't know how to get there. I don't know what you're doing in the next place. I'm telling you, God's going to touch you and move and touch some things and rearrange and do whatever he has to do. But God, I just declare tonight that you open, open the floodgates of heaven right now. Lord, we thank you that you walked in this place today to set people free, to to open things and and remove things that have been barren, God. Lord, I thank you, God. We come with a question saying, God, how is it you're going to do it? But we leave the question here at the altar and say, God, I I believe in you right now that you're going to shift things, you're going to move things. I lift my hands to you and I thank you, Lord. I'm making this place a place of worship. And, Lord, I, I bring the thing that I have. I have a sacrifice right now to you. I, I open up my, my heart, and I, I just ask that you come in, God, and that you begin to speak and you begin to be relevant to where I'm at. So we thank you, Father, that even in these moments you're going to release a healing. You're going to release a place of, of sobriety. Yeah, he wants to sober us up. When the burning torch of the Lord came through, it says that Abraham, that the terror of the Lord hit him before that. So, Lord, let us live from this place where you just begin to open up, open up every place. every place of hindrance, every place, place of, of barrenness. God, I thank you. We just declare fruitfulness right now. Just declare growth right now. We declare that we're stepping into a promise that we haven't seen the fullness of. We're stepping into a promise right now. Come on, God wants to move you into a promise. He wants to move you into the fulfillment And we thank you that it's by your blood God we go, we enter in, we move right in we're not outside of it we move into it so we thank you for the blood your blood Jesus thank you for the covenant that brings us into abundant life the power of barrenness. We don't partner with barrenness. Every place where we might have had our our hearts hurt and felt like you failed, God, in some way. God, we just open our hearts back up right now. He's your exceeding great.